Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Thanks for being in the room today, and thanks for those of you who are joining us online. Hope you're cosy, got your Ugg boots on. I think we should have an Ugg boot Sunday, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, before we get started, I'm just going to pray. Father God, we just thank you so much that you are already here. You are already willing to speak to us, God. That you're in the room, that you're wherever we are. And so, God, I just ask that you would open our ears to hear you. That you would open our heart to be challenged by you this morning. That we might be able to press in to a greater and deeper relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, who here has seen the movie Yesterday? A couple of you. Okay, look, I, I recommend it. It's, um, it's been released recently on Netflix, and it was a movie that I watched over the holidays with my kids. And um, the premise of the movie is that a once fun-loving, adventurous woman has kids and suddenly finds herself saying no to those kids about 100 times a day. Does anybody relate to that? No, you cannot eat that. No, go put that away. Not now. No, go do this or that. No, please don't hit your sister over the head with that. Is anyone else? Please tell me your houses look like this. Thank you. Because <laughs> mine have certainly um, felt that way a little bit. So um, it can sometimes feel like as the mum, you're the rule setter and the boundary keeper. And while those things are essential, essential <laughs> for keeping your children alive and the formation of their good character, they are not the main thing that you want your kids to know you for. You know, because there's a lot more to your love than rulemaking and boundary keeping. So the mum in the movie sets about giving her kids a yes day. A day where within a budget and a geographical location, um, she has to say yes to her kids all day long. Yes, I'm, I'm getting the nervous giggles in the room. That is definitely how it played out for me as well. <laughs> um, so I had a small window over Easter to spend um, with my kids with no other commitments. And so I really wanted to take that short amount of time and make it memorable. And um, so I decided I was going to give my teens a yes day. I told them in advance so that they could plan and dream about the ways that they were going to torture me. I mean, have the most fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, we decided to have the day in Newcastle for a change of scene and they had about five days to prepare and they were plotting and scheming and researching and texting each other. There's a bonus. <laughs> they were talking to each other. Um, and they were getting really excited because the prospect of the usual limits coming off was incredibly freeing for them. Meanwhile, I had five days to stew in my juices and think, what the heck have I done? What are they going to make me say yes to? And just how far outside my comfort zone 
are they going to make me go? (laughs) So the day dawned and I was a sweaty hot mess of anticipation and fear and excitement and dread. But my goal was ultimately that they would get to the end of the 24 hours and that they would feel heard and released and empowered and that we would have laughed and that we would have made some memories together. But also that we all survived their choices. Yeah, Because you see, I'd done some research online and I'd found heaps of stories of people doing a yes day with their kids, but they all seemed to have young children. And so it was really cute the requests that the little kids would ask their parents to do, but I was dealing with teens, so that's a whole other level of yeses, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And part of the rules was that I couldn't know what they had in mind until the day. So, um, And that worked mostly with the exception of one thing, which my son could not hold in once he realised he could do it. My son wanted a mullet for the past year. I know, I know. And I'm not at all a fan of mullets because I was born in the 80s and I am still scarred by the level of mullet that that decade has seared into my psyche. So I have consistently told him, no, you cannot have a mullet. And about three days before yesterday, we were driving in the car, not at all talking about hair or yesterdays, And he suddenly sits up really straight and he turns his head ever so slightly toward me and he just goes, you can't say no. (laughs) And in that moment, I've just intuitively known that we're getting a mullet (laughs) on yesterday, which was the first thing that we did. Um, But we also went go-karting and we went shopping and um, Georgia had many petties and we played games together and um, we ate and ate and ate and ate all the things I would normally say no to. Um, So it was a great day with lasting memories and way too many lasting calories. Um, But when I asked my kids, what out of that day, what was the best part about it? And they said... Oh, it was the freedom to ask you to do anything. And I wonder, I wonder what God feels like when he has the freedom to ask you to do anything. Because with my kids, it was in my yes that I went way past the limiting factors in our relationship. And it was in my surrender to them that I entered into this world of exploration and risk and fun. I had to trust them or it wasn't going to work. I had to trust their character. So I wonder, does God have my yes some days? And I pose the question to you, does God have your yes? Because that little word has so much power, doesn't it? So much control is in that word because we can give it freely or we can withhold it. And those actions will shape the lives we end up living and the flavour of them, and it will ultimately shape the legacy that we leave. Our yes is powerful, especially when placed in partnership with God's yes. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Yeah. So let's unpack that for a minute. 
Yes is spoken by God. Amen is spoken by us. And amen means so be it. Let it be done. Yes, I'm in. We stand in agreement with what he says will happen. So let's take a look at it in the message paraphrase. It fleshes it out a little bit more. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray. The great amen, which is God's yes and our yes together. Gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Can I just pause here and say God is faithful. God is faithful. Whatever he says is a yes, is a yes. He's not like us in that way. That's why we can rely so heavily on his promises that he makes in the word. And yet we see here in this passage that he desires our yes in partnership with his. How incredible is that? He doesn't need it. He's the God of the universe. And yet he extends this partnership to us and says, come on the journey with me. Can you give me an amen? A sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. It's a sure thing. Okay, so who here is married? Can you give me a wave? Or engaged if you're wearing a ring? There we go. Yeah, we've added some extras. Uh, If you are, then you said a pretty significant yes. That would change your life forever, yeah? Um, I think we've got a photo coming up. This is Dan and I on our wedding day. Look at those, like young faces so long ago. Um, We willingly, excitedly said our mutual yes that day and it was as serious a commitment as we could possibly make. But we had no idea. (laughs) Husband, (laughs) we had no idea (laughs) what we were saying yes to that day. Are you kidding me? No one standing at the altar for the first time and uttering their loved up yes has any idea what they're actually in for. Yes? Yes. Hopefully that's not just my marriage. It was a sure beginning for sure. But it doesn't take just one yes to see that through to completion. It takes hundreds and thousands of yeses over the course of the years to keep that commitment. It takes surrender to the person you're giving your yes to and partnering your yes to. The photo can come down. Thank you. I'll be kind to my husband. Um, Now, obviously, there are exceptions to this. If you're in a position where you are in abuse... That's not what we're talking about today, okay? We're talking about a healthy commitment to one another and equal partnership to one another. So let's flash back for a minute to yesterday. And um, I found out during the course of the day that I actually dodged a massive bullet because there had been a plan. I'm pretty sure Jackson was... Yeah. No, you? Georgia. Um, Anyway, there was... Um, a plan to ask me to go bungee jumping. Nope. No. (laughs) It 
was, it was only that <laughs> it would have blown the whole budget and that would be the end of the fun. Throwing mum off a cliff would have been it, um, that they decided to not do it. So glad I put in the budget rule, you guys. So, so glad. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. If they had actually followed through and decided to ask me to do that, I would have had to actually buckle down and double down on my commitment to say yes, right? Because I can't think of anything worse than bungee jumping because, um, like, I've been skydiving. My husband threw me out of the plane many years ago, but I survived and I will not do it again. So bungee jumping, not on my bucket list. There's your yes, but then there's your next yes, right? The yes that you need to keep on making. When you make a commitment to your kids to say yes, and they think of the one thing in the world you would most hate to do, do you still say yes? When you say yes to the ring and yes to the dress, do you also say yes to the inevitable glorious mess that is marriage? When you say yes to follow Jesus, do you continue to say yes when the plan goes in a different direction to your comfort zone or when you suffer disappointment or rejection or loss, do you follow him into the valleys as well as onto the peaks? Can God still get a yes from you when it's not what you expected and it's not what you wanted? Because there comes a moment when God is asking, do you still trust me? Will you still go my way? Will you still surrender to me? Will you still follow me? When what I speak to you might lead you to a place where you didn't know to expect, will you still give me your yes? Because you see, those kinds of yeses, they go past your flesh because they have to go past your feelings about it, past your experience, past your logic, past what's popular, past opinion. That's what a yes from the spirit looks like. Your spirit, you know, it, it was described to us in 2 Corinthians. Your spirit is stamped in us so that we can, we can actually complete the yes that God begins. And when God says a yes, we know it is a sure thing. There is an account of a hopeless situation in 2 Kings chapter 3. And it occurs in a time in history when the Israelite nation is, um, is split into two kingdoms. And both kings join together with the third king, the king of Edom, to attack the nation of Moab because they had begun to rebel against the Israelites. So we have three kings and their armies coming against the notorious Moabites who presented a consistent threat to the Israelite nation. And this combined army gets a little confused on the detour and, um, and they end up in the badlands of Edom, or should I say the badlands of Edom? Because that, like, that's how Hollywood would do it, because it's just such a groovy name, Badlands of Edom. But uh, they ended up there with no water um, left for anyone. No water left. And um, no water in a place called the Badlands with your enemy onto the fact that you're coming is not a great place <laughs> to be. Not a good position to find yourselves in. So the king, um, the kings consult a prophet to hear the word of God. And this is what the prophet says to them. Uh, we pick it up in verse 16. He said, God's word, dig ditches 
all over this valley. Here's what will happen. You won't hear the wind, you won't see the rain, but this valley is going to fill up with water and your army and your animals will drink their fill. This is easy for God to do. He will also hand over Moab to you. You will ravage the country, knock out its fortifications, level the key villages, clear cut the orchards, clog the springs and litter the cultivated fields with stones. So he's basically describing a resounding victory. God says, yes. Can you imagine the reaction though of the soldier? This is what we want you to do about your thirst. In a land where water is incredibly scarce, in fact, if there's a well, you might fight over the ownership of that well for 400 years or so, um, and water is nowhere near the surface, we want you to go out and sweat and expend the last of your energy to dig a hole. Seriously? What would they be thinking? Would that have made a lick of sense to them? And yet they did not hesitate to give the order to say yes again when it made no sense to do so, to give their yes, their next yes, their amen to God's yes. And I tend to think that a motivator for them to proceed with this crazy thing was that King Jehoshaphat, uh, the king of Judah, had been in a spot like this before. He had a battle, he got godly advice, and he didn't follow it. He didn't follow it. And he paid the price dearly before. So he understood what withholding his yes from God looked like. And it was disappointment. And it didn't get him further towards his goals like he thought it would. And I'd like to think that he wasn't willing to try that again. And so he brought that experience in. And so they dug their holes and they dug their holes and they used their energy and they waited all night long and they didn't see the rain and they didn't feel the wind, but, but they hear a yes from God and they add their amen and then they wait for God to do his thing and bring it to completion. We pick it up in verse 20. In the morning, the water had arrived, water pouring in from the west, from Edom, a flash flood filling the valley with water. By this time, everyone in Moab had heard that the kings had come up to make war against them. Everyone who was able to handle a sword was called into service and took a stand at the border. They were up and ready early in the morning when the sun rose over the water. From where the Moabites stood, the water reflecting the sun looked red like blood. Blood, look at the blood, they said. The kings must have fought each other. A massacre, go for the loot, Moab. And when Moab entered the camp of Israel, the Israelites were up on their feet, killing Moabites left and right. <clears throat> The Moabites running for their lives, Israelites relentless in pursuit. God laid a yes before them. They chose to say an amen and they said it with a shovel. And I kind of love that because your ordinary next yes partners with God's yes and the ordinary becomes miraculous. It becomes extraordinary. It goes further than it ever could on its own. God not only supplied their needs in the moment, but also went ahead of them and gave them victory in the battle. Their yes has consequences. Your yes has consequences. And the first consequence is a yes kicks you into the grace zone like nothing else. 
It kicks you into the grace zone. It's true for them, it's true for us. When you lay down a spirit-fueled amen to God's yes, you put yourself in a position where you need to rely on Him. My kids found so much enjoyment when I put myself in that position with them. They were like, great, now we can do anything. And I like to think that God has that same giddy joy when we give Him the power of our yes. He says, awesome, now we can do anything. Imagine that. Number two, another consequence, it gives you confidence for the next yes. Jehoshaphat learnt from his previous experience that it was far better to live in the yes zone. It gave him all the confidence he needed to look the soldiers in the eye and say, keep digging, keep digging, wait for it, this will be worth it. I have way more confidence in my next yes day with my kids because they were awesome. They were trustworthy. So let your next yes Grow your yes muscle so it's easier to say yes next time. And then number three, yes changes your demeanour and your attitude. There was a woman named Hannah, and you can find her story in 1 Samuel. Hannah was married to a man with two wives. Hannah was one of them. The other wife bore him many children, but Hannah's womb was closed. And it was a source of incredible grief and frustration for her. And to make matters worse, her rival wife rubbed it in constantly that she wasn't a mother. And so Hannah enters the sanctuary of God, um, the sanctuary of the temple, to pour her heart out to God in grief. And God spoke to her through the prophet Eli. And he says in verse 17, Go in peace and may the God of Israel give you what you have asked of him. And she says, Think well of me and pray for me. And she went away and then she ate heartily, her face radiant. A yes from God is enough to completely change a demeanour, to turn around grief, to implant a new attitude to life. Hannah only had those few vague words from the prophet. May the God of Israel give you what you have asked of him. She didn't have ultrasounds or scans or pregnancy tests. She would have had to wait months to know that this prayer had been answered. And yet she went away and ate heartily, her face radiant because she knew that her prayer had been answered. God's yes was enough to sustain her until she saw it to completion. Living a life shaped by yes gives us a demeanour of faith and hope and optimism. Living without the yes, man, that makes our lives smaller, less fortified against disappointment, right? Does God have your yes? Does God have your yes? Because let me tell you, you have his yes. Oh, you have his yes. Before you made a single mistake, he said yes to forgiving you. Before you found yourself outside of his will, he said yes to bringing you back in. The scripture says that as many promises as God has made, the answer is already yes. And you know, some of you may be wondering in your heart, God, I made a mess. Can you clean it up? Yes. It's already yes. It's already yes. When God called you, he already knew exactly what he was getting with the package. 
We often don't know what to expect when we say yes. But God knows exactly what he said yes to when he accepted you. He knows exactly. And when God says yes, he means it. He is more than the rule setter and the boundary keeper. There is much more to his love than that. And every yes we give him gives us a reason to explore his character further. He has plotted and planned an extraordinary relationship with him for you to enjoy. He has made promises for your life and for your eternity that simply require your amen. How good is that? Is that not a description of a life lived with optimism and hope and faith? So I want to take a second to anyone um, to speak to anyone who wants to say their first yes to Jesus today. If you're seeking a relationship with Him, the Word of God tells us that we only need to acknowledge Him as our Lord and Saviour. We only need to say, yes, God, that's me. And we partner with His extraordinary yes that welcomes us into eternity, into His embrace and all of His promises for our lives. Man, He has an adventure planned for you. Will you say yes to Him today? We're just going to give people some privacy this morning. I just want you to close your eyes, bow your heads. And if there's anyone here who wants to give their first yes to Jesus this morning, I'll just get you to raise your hand. We're not going to bring you out. We're not going to do anything other than know who you are so we can pray for you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see it. It's a good decision. He has something incredible in mind for you. So if you've raised your hand and if you're at home and and you're saying, yes, that's me, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I thank you that you have said yes to me. This morning, I say yes to you. I want to be part of the great adventure that you have in mind for me. Show me, God, what I need to do next. Thank you for forgiving my sin, for restoring my relationship with you. I give you my yes, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you congratulate those people? They just made an incredible life-changing decision. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.